a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Monster Energy Cup review. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Fly Racing, the never-ending pursuit of the perfect racewear from the fo- folks at Fly Racewear. The first to integrate the BOA system, uh, the Fly Racewear offers the unmatched comfort, performance, and durability that make it an industry leader in technical racewear. They launched an LE line of gear, hot pink, this weekend at the MEC, and it took the top spot in uh, the amateur all-stars class. And, uh, yeah, we thank the folks at Fly Racing for coming on flyracing.com they make much more than gear by the way please check them out for snowmobile stuff because it's that time of the year or uh, jet ski stuff if you are listening to this uh, in a warm climate or uh, hard parts as well so thanks to flyracing.com um, we appreciate it and also to alpine star protects whether it's the bns tech carbon neck guard the a1 roost guard or the fluid tech carbon knee brace the alpine star uh, protection line is uh, willing and able to help you out uh, they're much more than boots people the a star stuff they take their top quality of uh, products that like the boots and add it to their safety line and protection line and uh, a lot of things that go underneath your pants underneath your jersey and uh, that help you out alpine star protects please check them out as well and uh, thanks to you guys for listening this is the monster energy cup review i'm steve mathis with me on the line from Fly Racing, he is Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? I'm here. I'm back. Survive Vegas. It was actually yep. maybe the most mellow Vegas I've ever. Well, you stayed here, through. so I did. Yeah. yeah, it was great though. I had a, I actually felt fantastic on Sunday on, after Vegas, which never happens. I don't know that that's ever happened in my life. So uh, good, good weekend overall. I'll say. Um, well, some would say not, but. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Um, on a personal level. It yeah, was yeah, right. Uh, also um, on the line, uh, he is the voice of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. He's the voice of Flat Track. He was not at the Monster Energy Cup. He was in North Carolina. He is Jason Wygant. Yeah. With a new phone and a new line. New Dude, phone. it's got to sound good. We're trying it out. We're trying it out, and it seems pretty good so far. I had to literally spend hundreds of thousands of dollars buying a new house just to fix phone problems. Yeah. Yeah, well, level of dedication. I hope people want, uh, appreciate it because we get a lot of tweets about your quality of, of phone. So, Yeah, un- it's unbelievable. That's what I had to do. I had to buy a new house for you people. I hope somebody <laughs> contributes. I need to start a, uh, a, a Patreon account or a GoFundMe for my mortgage for this podcast. That's yeah. why I did it. Yeah, hope everybody, yep. hope everybody enjoys my new phone. I'll pay up. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Monster Energy Cup. Marvin Muscan, $1 million. Won all three main events. It was uh, it was actually fantastic. 
And Marvin didn't even uh, complain about winning uh, like RV did when uh, he was the only other rider to take home the million-dollar uh, payout. First up, though, uh, JT, I'll start with you. We saw some carnage. Uh, Justin Bogle, Tim Geyser, um, um, Eli Tomac, and uh, Jacob Hayes all weeded up. Um, I liked I, I tweeted this after the, the press day. I thought this track was the best one that I've seen, or one of the, no, I don't know, I can't, I can't remember them all, but one of the better ones we've seen, let's say that, because uh, it looked like there actually was some challenging stuff on it, some, you know, that rhythm section where some of those guys crashed. Uh, it took some skill and, and guys pulled it out. Um, what did you think of the track? I thought it was one of the better, if not the best, Monster Energy Cup tracks we've had. Um, I'm generally not a fan of this track layout for this event. Um, I think it's a really big ask to have a track that makes it safe for super minis, but also challenging for the best you know, 450 Supercross riders on earth on the, you know, the same exact layout. So I don't know if that's even possible, um, you know, let alone likely. So I, I think they, they struggle with that, but overall I thought it was good. Um, you know, coming into monster alley, that was the first year we've had any sort of rhythm section there and going in that direction. Anyway, we've, we've had some rhythm going out of the stadium, but coming in, that was the first time we really had anything to slow guys down there. Um, and, and I always thought it was a pretty dangerous section going that fast, but wouldn't, you know, we put a rhythm section to slow things down and that's where everybody ends up crashing and getting hurt. So what the hell do I know? Yeah. It, um, definitely claimed some guys, you know? I mean, that was the spot, really. I mean, if you were going to, yeah. you know, if we were going to see somebody go down big, whether it was a super mini kid or, you know, uh, yeah. Eli or Bogle, that was where it happened. Or in Geyser as well. Um, Joker Lane was shorter, which I liked. However, just like the other Joker Lane. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. The other Joker Lane for years that was longer did play into the race because guys forgot to take it. Um but generally speaking, it didn't affect the race one way or another. This one didn't either, although a couple of guys um, that started um, behind somebody and passed them were able to stay in front. Um, but really, though, um, JT, Joker Lane, eh, like eh, eh. Yeah, I thought it was funny that, um, you know, even one of my friends and some people were, were telling Carmichael uh, to make it shorter next year, to make it faster and see how that changed everything up, and he was not having it. My buddy actually screenshotted the the Twitter conversation he and Carmichael were having, and Carmichael was basically shutting it down. And then, lo and behold, we have that this year. So I thought that was pretty pretty funny. To, I, I think to the whole I think the whole Ricky Carmichael design this track is is kind of a a load of baloney. Myself, I mean right, that's shocking news. No, I'm just saying like like he he said okay, so we have we have him saying he doesn't want the Joker Lane quicker. We have him saying that. Mm-hmm. He also said at the press conference that he wanted to start at the top of the stadium, like it was. And it wasn't like I'm I, 100%. He has a say in it and he, he discusses it with Todd Gendro and the dirt works guys and everybody else. But it's, it's a collaborative thing and they slap his name on it. We, we just saw two examples of him getting overruled, you know, you mean he's not behind the road to supercross either. <laughs> Listen, I'm just, I just said, I, I don't think Carmichael, you know, the design of the track is, is all him. And yeah, it goes not, on him. I, I don't, I think he has a pretty heavy hand on it. But I think there's a lot of people collaborating. If that's your that's your point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he's getting flack for this track design, and I don't think he should. No, I think this was one of the better ones, to be honest with you. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I, I think that uh, uh, the Joker Lane is cool, and I like it. I'm all for changing things up, but um, 
Yeah, whatever, right? Like, it didn't do much. I, I think what it shows is that um, as much criticism as every standard Supercross track gets and blame for injuries and lack of passing and all that, it shows that the formula that they have is fairly well refined. And then when you change it, it doesn't end up working better. You know, I bet you there's some people who, if you heard it on paper, in theory, oh, this one is faster, it's easier, it's simpler. Uh, some people might think that leads to better racing, but it doesn't end up working that way. Because, um, I mean, this race is actually even more start-dependent than a regular Supercross, and people usually bag on those tracks for being too start-dependent. But, I mean, seriously, how do you make, how do you make up ground well, when you don't have some of the more difficult sections, i.e. whoops, or even, yeah, or even let's let's get rid of the super minis. Do we need the super minis? Well, I think we were discussing that in a text thread today, and I think there's a couple reasons where I don't know how much is added in the show, but I do think it takes away. Um, I would guess that the compromises to the track design are much more because of super minis than for the amateur all stars. They're yeah. on two fifty Fs. I, I would imagine they could do they're not gonna have whoops on this track anyway. I would think the rhythms wouldn't have to be much different than a regular Supercross track. No, for amateur all stars. No, no, the super mini that changes it a lot. Can, can we, if we're gonna, if we're gonna lay this on the feet of Carmichael, can we talk about the Daytona track too? Some, <laughs> someone take his pencil away. Good God. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I don't I don't know. Um, I thought it was one of the better tracks to be honest, just because it, there was that separation. We saw guys come in too hot, over jump, not be able to, to to do the four in that one rhythm, and we saw other guys over jump, and because you're doing sixty miles an hour. But but on the flip side, hey, we did see some crashes, you know. So there is that. Um, but what about is it too much, JT, to tell the guys like, okay, like just be like. All right, you have to take the joker lane to make this joker lane work. You have to take the joker lane on lap four. You six guys take it on lap four. You six guys take it on lap six. Or just forget it. Like, no chance everyone will remember that, and it'll be, it'll be a cluster. Yeah, I don't, I don't like mandating it because I like the strategy factor. Um, Marvin even made uh, mention of it in the first one when Eli went early and then he was like, Oh man, I should have went early. And, you know, I, I like making these guys think on the fly. And I think it's something that doesn't really happen in typical supercross racing because, uh, these guys become robotic, uh, in the main events. And I know because I was, you know, I, I understand that way of thinking is you, you do 20 lap motos all week long. And then when the main event gets out there, you're back into that mindset, where I think the Joker lane really forces these guys to to be a little bit more cerebral mid race and be aware of what's going on, and they have to make um, you know quick decisions on when to go and when not to go, and when is someone else going to go, and if they go now, how does that affect me? Uh, so I like having that aspect of uh, a little bit of strategy to it. Uh, we had an idea on the Pulp Show a few weeks ago. The we saw the over under part where we went under for the Joker lane. Mm-hmm. What if Stank Dog was under there with a chainsaw? And he gets you, or he doesn't get you. Like you, you, who knows? Maybe he just gets your fender. Um, I say not one of not one of your best ideas. Okay, all right. I just you know like oh the stank dog got him. He didn't come out. You know I think that'd be pretty cool. Well, I said it's like he just sits there in a rhythm lane, and then he will pick someone to just jump in with, and then block past you in the corner at the end. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna get blocked past by an arena cross guy. That's safer. That's safer than a chainsaw. Yeah, random chainsaw. Not so sure. Um, yeah, this was worse. This this Joker lane being shorter was worse 
because I just said to myself, I'm like, well, everyone wants to try to get up front early, so why would you not take the shortcut immediately? And that's yep. uh, what everyone did. It did sound like, Mathis, that Jordan Smith was the only rider who actually thought it through and tried to figure out a strategy to help himself. Yeah, uh, but but I think that strategy was pretty pretty simple, Weege, where he was, hey, if I don't get the start, I'm going to take it when I get up to everybody that I need to get by. And if I do get the start, I'm going to hang in behind the real fast guys if they take it, which I think is an obvious strategy, but, it's, but it is a strategy. Well, I think it was just that instead of I'm just going to take it early no matter what every time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If the dude's if a slower guy's in front of me, I'm just going to do the opposite of what he does. If yeah. he goes in, I'll wait. If but, he doesn't, I'll go. But that's obvious, I, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, well, I think so, but I don't think anyone else even thought it that much. They okay. just thought, take it right. as soon as possible. Right. As soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, yeah. I was discussing with a couple of riders, and I said, yeah, I mean, if you get a bad start or you fall and you get up to a pack of dudes that you think you can get by, then then take it then. You know, and then uh, if, if not, if you're up front, take it right away. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. But like anyways, the listen, better because Ma, so, it, there was a little more strategy. This had zero. So Stank Dog in a rhythm, and he just pulls alongside you and t- decides to T-bone you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not bad. Chainsaw idea either. He he lurks underneath the over under bridge, you know, with a goalie mask. <laughs> it's not bad either. Um, so we, we got a little bit of an internal debate going on that we're going to bring to this podcast show. Like, Weege, you weren't there. And you just thought it was awesome. No, uh, that was sarcasm not coming across oh. apparently over text. No. Oh, oh I'm sorry. No. I don't know. You started no. saying, a guy won a million dollars. A guy won a million dollars. I thought, I, I, seriously, <laughs> no. I, my bad. No. 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 <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, maybe I'll edit this whole thing out then. I don't know. Was I, a, I thought you were no. serious. Like I thought, No, no. Keep it going. Keep this going. Oh. You guys were both uh, explaining that the race wasn't the most exciting thing. I mean, JT was Sorry, watching football. Here. JT was watching football, everyone. Absolutely. Sure was. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, – I mean, I wrote this week on RacerX Line. Like, is this thing – and I, I'll never forget the, the last year of the U.S. Open. I brought some friends down from Canada, a husband and a wife, uh, buddies of mine, and I got them tickets, and I just had nothing to do with the race, so I watched it with them in the stands, and – it was so boring. It was the year Burner did really well on a Cowie 450. Um, I remember that, and I remember James didn't race. It was when James didn't race the second night, or maybe the first, maybe didn't race the whole event. I don't remember. Um, and and the, the the arena was half empty, and we were like, "Wow, like this is not exciting racing." Is this time for this event? Is this is this an, is this is it time to freshen this thing up a little bit? Like what I wrote this week. I don't know. I would uh I would love to see this event moved to T-Mobile Arena. That's that's my that's my fix for it for me. I I don't feel like it's ever had the same feel or excitement or uh just I don't know what the right word is, but um I don't feel like it's ever been the same and I, and I know you were talking about the US Open and it wasn't great, but I always felt like the race was just a lot better and um just I like the feel better US Open. I was it was much more favorite to me uh than the Monster Cup is. Well the funny thing is, Matt, this that was not even close to the last uh US Open. Which is there were like five more. Yep. Okay, well maybe maybe it was near the end. It was really near the end yeah. because I remember thinking yeah. like they're yeah, just they weren't, halfway. They yeah. weren't coming back and I'm like, I get it. I get it, because I was there and ticket sales were down and 
there wasn't anything happening. There was the mechanic challenge thing where, where of course, all the jerk-ass teams ruined it by cheating and making these parts and you know what I mean? Like they couldn't even do anything fun. But nothing. Yeah, I think there was four more. I think there was four more after the year you're talking about. No, it was near the end of it. It was it, maybe burner didn't kill it then or something. But anyways, um, that was the one year where Stu did the press conference the day before, uh, you know, I'm ready. I'm fired up. This was a bad year, uh, you know, jumping up to the 250. but now we got to figure it out and look out. I'm coming out guns blazing tomorrow. I'm going for the hundred grand. I'm ready. I'm on it. I've never been in better shape. And then the next day just didn't race. Yeah. Um, he got, there was actually apparently five more. between the press conference and the <laughs> yeah, race. There may have been five more. Well, um, when was Chicken and Bradshaw? Was that near the end? That was even closer to the end, I think. That was pretty good, except for Bradshaw. Yeah, Chicken and Bradshaw was 08. I broke my leg and didn't get to see it. I was very unhappy about it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, anyways, so, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, look, Geyser went out. I was really interested to see Geyser, he, and we'll touch on him, but he went out. And I thought Barsha would come out balls hot. Uh, to prove something, he was just so-so. Uh, Eli Tomac crashed out in the first main event. Kenny Roxon, of course, is still working back from injury. And Chad Reed uh, doesn't have a ride. So maybe it's just a perfect storm of all of this. You know what I mean? But, uh, man, there was not much going on out there. There really wasn't. Congrats to Marv and Anderson who followed him around in, in, in all three main events. But uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just uh, crusty, three crusty guys on the phone here. Um, and, and it's just a perfect storm, and next year will be great. I don't know. Weege? I think that perfect storm part you mentioned has to be, has to be talked about. It's easy to lay a lot of the blame at the foot of the event, but it was the worst-case scenario in every situation. I mean, we're in this weirdo transition of guys either being retired or semi-retired or without rides. I mean, you didn't have Villapoto, Dunge, Reed, or Stu racing, which is a, not the event's fault. It's just the way it's all worked out. We know that Marvin versus Tomac is not the most dynamic in terms of personalities. And then you have Tomac literally crash out, what, three laps into the first race, and besides the red flag. So, I mean, you tell anybody that you were down to pretty much Marv and Tomac at the top, and then one of them goes out. I mean, that's worst-case scenario. And then Marvin happened to get the starts. I mean, had Marvin started fifth or even third in that final race, and even had to work his way past a few guys, which wasn't super easy on that track. With the million dollars on the line, it would have been something, but he happened to get the whole shot. So I feel like all the circumstances were working against the race. Now, it's scary on a grand scale because this could very much be the same circumstance we're looking at in Supercross. I mean, if Ken Roxon doesn't get it back, we could be in some big trouble. You're down to literally, if Tomac or Marvin screws up, it's over. So I don't think you can blame it all on the event. It was the worst case scenario and it wasn't anything to do with Monster Cup, but just the way it turned out. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I mean it was it was unfortunate, you know, it was the bad set of circumstances with Marvin and Anderson getting out front every time. Um I think the air really went out of the building when Eli crashed. I mean I, I think if both of those guys had stayed, you know, in the race, I think their pace was pretty pretty close, and we already saw in you know two laps or whatever that they had they were trading positions and, and you know in the the race before the restart. So um, I think more than anything, the excitement basically just completely got sucked out of Sam Boyd Stadium when when Eli went tumbling down you know Thunder Alley or Monster Alley or whatever it's called. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just I mean it's hard to you can say that the event sucked, but. 
there were two main stars and one of them crashed out immediately. I mean, that's going to have a dramatic effect, no matter what the track or the event or the date or the town or anything. I mean, that's Tomac crashed out. That's an event killer, no matter what the circumstances are. And hey, Tomac and, and crashed hard, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's just not going to happen every time. It just happened this yeah. time. I mean, he didn't crash out of 17 Supercrosses or 12 Nationals this year, but this time he did. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. So the Monster, Monster yep. Energy Cup is awesome, then. <laughs> well, I, th- I, I do think it's time for a change. I really do believe that. Uh, but I think it was... I think it was even driven more home this year because of Tomac's departure. And then you have, you know, you're missing rocks and you're, you know, Dungey retires, you're missing Reed, you know, all the reasons you said, but I still think it could have been okay. Like there would have been enough excitement to, um, not leave me feeling like, man, I, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't very exciting. Not leave you watching football. Yeah. It just, you know, when Tomac went down, I'm like, well, this is over because there's no way Anderson's going to, he's not going to jeopardize Marv winning a million. I just don't believe that was ever going to happen. You don't think, you don't think so? No, I don't. I, unless, you know, unless Marvin starts sixth and and Anderson's out front, but the way it was kind of going, I don't think Anderson's going to do anything stupid there. He can't win the overall, you know, unless Marvin gets worse than second, he can't win. So um, I don't know. I was, it was just a bit lackadaisical. Um, you know, the, the super mini was probably the most exciting racing of the night. Although there was a lot of, a lot of casualties and I felt bad for those kids. Those, those were the best races. Oh, there always is super mini. They should just park the ambulance right on the start straight. Yeah. I, I don't like that aspect of it. Um, I think the track is way too difficult for most of the kids. Um, I, you know, the elite, the elite level kids that, that we will be watching on Saturday nights in the next three to five years those kids are fine jet reynolds and you know that that level um but i you know the back half of that class man it was it was more of when not if as far as big crashes um can we talk about we love alpine star protection line they're on this podcast great line Mm -hmm. of protection products but can we talk about eli not having a number one jersey you can. Yeah. I'm gonna that, that's so confused. That that's that, that's confused. not that that Monday morning meeting is it's not gonna mm. go well. That's not gonna go well. Whoever. <laughs> mm. um, and everybody at the Cali truck was like, "Huh?" Uh, you know, like they were. Yeah, it was. They were like, "What? Where's your number one?" Oh boy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> then and the Cali guys also too. I may have cut off all of my coffee forever from them because uh, they were not happy that I did not like the look of that bike. I just couldn't get over the green numbers, and, and they they called me all sorts of names, and so I may be banned from them forever. I, I didn't like the look of that bike. What do you think, Weege? Um, a lot of that comes down to the way the TV show was kind of shot, and Eli obviously wasn't in it much. He really couldn't couldn't tell. I feel like no, it was shot from they were shot from low to to keep the camera low to avoid the crowd. We we saw this theory. Oh, God, don't even say it. Do not put that theory on the show. Do not do it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, one of our friends had one of the most insane, I think he was just drinking all day, theories on why. It just, everything looked weird and different, um, the camera angles, and even it's a sound. I don't know if they were trying new things or what, but, I mean, Tomac was only in it for three laps, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really get to see the bike much. The pictures in practice, uh, I thought it looked cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so, what else? Geyser? How did he look before he crashed? Was it just, this look, was just waiting to happen? Was I, it just look, waiting to happen? We'll talk about the nets, okay, which proves that, you know, I do know something. Okay, the nets came. Okay. We'll talk okay. about that. 
right. But I'll tell you what I, what I also knew, and I think everyone else did. That dude was going to crash. His bike was way too soft. He was a little sketchy, and it was a perfect storm of crashing. Uh, there was a there was a multi-time Supercross champion up in the press box by me. I'm not going to say his name. Mm. Got red hair. Used to ride a Cowie. Okay, ginger ish. Ricky Carmichael. <laughs> nope. Good guess. Tim though. Ferry. <laughs> Unfortunately, no Supercross championships for Tim Ferry. Mm. Adam Chatsworth. <laughs> nice Chatfield. 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 Uh, all right. Chatsworth is in California. Right. Um. Anyways, and he said, "Oh boy, he's gonna have a good one." Like, his stuff was too soft. It was. He was not scared. I'll give him that. He qualified well. He qualified fifth or third or something. Um, but it was uh, honestly, I, I was texting another guy, and I'm like, he's going to crash. And and I, I not that I wished harm on the guy, but his bike was not set up for that race. Not at all, JT. Yeah, it's it's really really difficult. I think for. Uh, MXGP riders to adapt to Supercross setup, and he he didn't even have to deal with Supercross whoops, which is really what you need the stiffness for more than anything. You you need it for the rest of the track. Don't get me wrong, but really, really, where it's it's just a deal breaker is in Supercross whoops. So he was able to even get away from that, and I think he probably tried. You know, I would think uh hrc said here you know let's try some supercross setups and he and yeah they just did it he put he i, I talked to a source yesterday uh-huh. he put brayton's stuff on he yep, did hated it he did a lap and a half yep and came in and said nope can't right. do it i'm like oh boy yep which is which is normal um because supercross setup is not fun it but it's it's necessary for supercross so um, I would guarantee, just like you said, he tried it. It was super stiff. He couldn't get it to turn. He goes into the turn, and it, get, it doesn't compress at all. And he's like, well, I can't go fast like this. It's basically the same same thing you saw from Michael Essie for years, where he just fought it and wanted the front end to compress so he could turn and go fast. But that doesn't work for Supercross. And when things go sideways, just as it did for Tim uh, in the race, you need the stiffness to save you. Because if it's too soft and you get into a jump too deep or you case something and you get all that compression, well, what do we know when things compress? What happens? It rebounds, right? So that's where you need all that stiffness is to soak up mistakes, uh, even for a track without whoops. And, you know, I can understand. I've walked through his his thought process a million times, switching from outdoors to supercross. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was unfortunate for him to crash, but when you really step back and look at the dynamics of why he crashed, just like Villapoto said, it, it makes sense. There was uh, the rhythm, after you make the left on the rhythm that he crashed, guys are going 3-2 or 2-3. Mm-hmm. He went two in, and he went a little long, and it compressed and shot him to the right in practice, and he just about landed on a tough block. He went, he went four feet from one side of the track to the other just because he was so in the pocket and it was so mm-hmm. uh, compressed, and he couldn't – I'm just like, oh, boy. Like, I, I, I don't know. It just was never going to work, man. Seriously, like – it wasn't going to work out there. <laughs> it was as well, obvious as, as no. That's the whole thing: is no one likes Supercross setup. It's not fun. You can't turn. It, it doesn't like. It's not forgiving at all, as far as like how it feels. Like everything, every bump, every little bump on the track, you just feel all the way up and down your back, and it's you know really, really rigid to ride. 
but it's necessary. You know, you have yeah. to have it. And in situations like that where you get out of shape, you know, it, it saves you in many cases. And that's on a track, like I said, that's a track without whoops where <clears throat> you don't even have to have it. Um, you still need it. And, uh, and we've seen it time and time again where guys will try to go softer on their setup to get some turning into it, um, and it, it can bite you at times. Uh, I actually wondered last year at the at the Monster Cup when Roxon had that big get-off, he kind of did the same thing where he got a little bit deep in the pocket, and then, well, he kind of actually came short and then got deep in the pocket when he bounced, and then it just spit him over the front. Um, that's one of those things where I was wondering at the time if he softened his setup a little bit to try to give him traction, because on a track like Vegas for Monster Cup or Supercross or Anaheim, a lot of times you will back out on your compression a little bit to try to get the bike to sit a little bit and squat and give you more traction. But in a situation like that, it can also bite you where you get a little bit too deep into the into the compression stroke too. So um, um, it there's was, a lot of things going on there. I don't, I don't know. You know, we're all speculating, but that's the kind of stuff that happens. So there you go, Weege. Uh, it was exciting to have Tim there. Awesome to see him, and I was I was really interested to see how he did. But then I watched his bike, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to go good. There's just no way. So yeah, I know what you're saying. The fact that he's out—that was one of the intriguing things to watch. And you don't, you don't get that either because he was gone for most of the event. Yeah, yep, yeah, um, yeah. So um, that was that was uh, that was a bummer for sure, without a doubt. Because it was it was going to be interesting to see how he could do. Um, Barsha got better. His weekend started off horribly. The very first start that they did off the great, he high sided and went down pretty hard. So that wasn't so good, JT. That's pretty ugly. You know, oh, I don't yeah. know who who posted or what, um, but I saw a couple of you know um, personal videos that people had taken from their phones, and man, he that was a big one. Like he's lucky he didn't hurt himself. Did you see it, Weech? The crash? No. Nope. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you, and I'll actually ask okay. permission if we can post it. <clears throat> but uh, man, what a what a crash that was! And for a guy who's had nothing but bad luck, I was like, holy cow, just think if he got hurt there on press day, you know, after this huge effort to ride this Honda. Oh, yeah, no. But he got better as it went on. But to me, JT, he he didn't stand out. He wasn't noticeable. And I thought he would be. I did, too. I had big expectations for him coming in. I mean, he's a former winner of this race. He's kind of... um, I mean, he's doing it on his own dime. He's he's got all the right reasons to be there, and then yet it's just kind of another. Uh, I don't want to say lackadaisical because that's that's reflective of effort, and I don't think it was reflective of effort. It just wasn't a standout performance, you know. When he and at, at a time when he really needs to stand out. And Dean Wilson and Brock Tickle battled it out. Weege, uh, Dean got third, but they both looked pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, uh, it's kind of Tickle doing what Tickle does, right? hovering around that fourth place area. But I'd say for new bike and all that, it was pretty good. It's really hard to judge. If you win this race, obviously you've done something right. Further back, it's just hard to judge because we mentioned all the guys that aren't there and not everybody's fully ready and all that. So I've I've been guilty myself of getting too excited, like a third or fourth place finish at this race and thinking like, man, that guy was awesome. And it really doesn't have much bearing on anything in the future. So I don't want to judge too much about how Tickle's going to do now that he's with KTM or now that he's at Alden Baker. But I guess for his first race, we've definitely seen dudes come to Monster Cup and be way worse. Yeah, Jordan Smith uh, did well, fifth place. Uh, speaking of KTMs, too, uh, they look like they got a new frame going on, a new uh, throttle body, lots of changes on their bike. That must be their 18 bike that's coming out. So they, they were shooing some photographers away, which was just absolutely <laughs> insane to do that when your bike is on display. 
Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, looking at the photos and everything and saw some stuff, read some stuff on Vital MX and, uh, yeah, the shock looked more upright. So I'm like, what's up with that? And, and so, yeah, they got a throttle body design and 2018, they're coming out the race, race replica they're, 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 They could have a jump on everybody again with, you know, basically making a specific machine. For Which would be like 2018 and a half. Right? Yeah. That's yep. kind of how they phrase it. Yep. Yep. So. Well, factory edition, I guess what they call it. Yep. That usually comes yep. out in December. Right. Um, I mean, I know for a fact that that's happening. They they say, please don't say that, because we have regular 18s to sell also. But uh, this is what they do every three years. And it's crazy to think, like, I mean, some brands are just finally dragging their previous models into a new thing. And KTM, who's still one of the newest, is already about to unleash another generation. Yeah. You know? yep. And, yep. They, and they, I mean, they basically have two, you know, two of the OEMs are this on basically the same team. It's... I'm interested to well, see the Japanese one, what they're doing, and then and, and and I've been told they were going to do something. <laughs> Nothing's happening. There's nothing going on. <laughs> well, a big question I have, by the way, you been, you hit it right there. I'm sure there'll be a new factory edition KTM, and you'll be able to buy it in dealers too. And Marvin will race it, and Tickle will race it. But the last time they did this, the Husky stayed on the old bike for one extra year. So, is that about to happen again? I would no, imagine so. Uh, no, I think the Huskies are going to be the same. They'll come out with one yeah. before January yeah. the race. Yeah, or or at least Anderson Anderson will be on one. Anderson Wilson will be on one. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, but but this isn't just a like they they do put these bikes in dealers. They no, do the homologation, yeah, so no. they'll make one of those with a Husky also. I don't know if it'll be a Husky, but I think Anderson and, and Wilson will be on it, whether it's a, whether it's white plastic or not. Well, that's going to get really tricky. So they're going to say, I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know. I I don't know if they can get away with that. I mean, we know that the... Why not? They can get away with anything. They can do anything. I I know. I know all bike rules are very fuzzy (laughs) and not really enforced to any degree, but can they really say, wait, this is not a Husky that you can buy in dealerships. Well, you can buy a KTM like this, and it's really the same. Well, let's just wait and see what happens. It should be interesting. So, Um, I mean, last time, 15, Dunge had a new bike, and Anderson rode the old generation bike as a Husky for a year, and it was weird to hear them talk basically two sides of the mouth at the same time saying, well, wow, Dunge's bike is so much better. This new bike is so much better, so much better. Well, what about Anderson? Well, as you know, a proven platform is great. It's great to have a proven solid bike that's been around. <laughs> yeah, Anderson is was on the new bike. I'm just looking right now. He was on the new bike. He was bike. not in he, 15. He was not. No, I know, but now at A1 he was. So either either Husky's coming out with a new race replica. Oh, you mean at Monster Cup? Monster Cup, yes. Anderson was on the bike. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we, we will see. Um, yep. I keep hearing the Japanese are coming back, but they just hired two guys, one name guy, one, you know, one so-so guy, so-so being relative term, five to 10 place guy, let's say, and then nothing happens. So, um, all right. Uh, what else, JT? What else? Uh, Vince Freeze and Christian Craig got into it. That was great. Yeah. He got, they got into it and Benny Boss and Tyler Bowers got into it. And then, um, and then, uh, I talked to both of those guys after the race and they, and they said it was awesome. Bauer, Bloss was scared, and mm-hmm. Bowers rolled up to him and said, all right, good job. <laughs> and ba- yep. Bloss was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Bowers, as long as you don't right. do anything too crazy, I think he really likes it. <laughs> yeah, I think which so. Which is crazy to me because I hated it. Right. So yep. uh, there are people like that. Though. I, I've raced with a lot of people that are just like, they love that kind of racing, and they think it's all great. Uh, Tyler Evans was one of those guys. Like, you could smash him, and he would smash you, and it was like high five, and I was like ready to kill him, you know? So it was like really weird that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. 
but whatever. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for the privateer guys, I was well. Even I'm going to include Benny in there. The guys that weren't don't make a ton of money a year. Um, I was happy for those guys because even with you know the amount of guys missing. Uh, it's an opportunity for those guys to make a lot of money and get in there and, and race and do well for their sponsors and all that. So I was happy on that. And, and that's, I know, a biased opinion. Most people don't care. But being in their shoes, I thought it was a cool opportunity for them. Um, yeah, it uh, yeah it definitely made some money. I was telling Jordan Smith after the race that he made a lot of money. He didn't really he know. He it, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, how much? I'm like, I think he probably made like eight grand. And his eyes yeah. lit up. Yeah, but Jordan makes really good money, so whatever. But you know, he seemed to be pretty impressed with eight grand. So well, I, I would. I mean, eight grand's eight grand, but I think the difference between Tyler Bowers and Jordan Smith right now is uh, pretty significant. Um, what else, Weech? What caught your eye? Well, Smith, right there, as you mentioned, I thought was really good because it wasn't just starts like he battled. I mean, he outdueled Grant basically in the in the races. I thought that was pretty good. You know, Grant's no slouch. Grant's a solid four fifty guy. Um, and I know, again, it's hard to re- measure this race. You never know what anyone's level of preparation is, but I thought that was good. I mean, Smith hasn't raced in a while. He basically missed essentially all of outdoors. Uh, he got in a few motos here and there, but I thought that was that was good. Um, so that one stuck out to me. And then no one else stuck out because, as I said, this three-moto format is better in many, many ways, and I would not mind seeing some supercrosses like that. Who knows? We might get our wish. They're going to announce things next Monday. But, for sure, the downside is, if you're not in the top five, you're not getting seen on TV. You're just not. There's not enough time. The races don't spread out enough. They don't get boring enough. Um, it's that, you know, second ten minutes or second ten laps of the race where we start seeing battles for 12th because they don't have anything else to show. But we never get to that point in a ten-lap race. So, Bowers, all these guys you're talking about, yeah, never saw them. <laughs> Never saw him. Um, no, I mean it's yeah, just—it's yeah. not the TV guy's fault. That's just—it's a the race is what ten minutes long. Yep. You can't cover eighteen guys in ten minutes. Can't be done. Well, there wasn't much going on up front, so I thought they could have panned back. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Yeah, but. yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, it was. It was there wasn't really much going on back there either, other than the couple <laughs> battles we talked about. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't. I, I watched pretty closely, and you know, Dino was back there, and then Bart. It was there was always a gap. Like there was never huge fighting going on in the top five, which is which is a bummer, and we need that. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Race Tech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Race Tech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department, experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi. 
Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting is always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah and not much. Poor JGR, you know? Duh. Poor JGR. <laughs> they debuted with their new guy, Justin Vogel, and he gets cleaned out and, and gets knocked out. Um, well, that sucks. So. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I was talking to some of the guys last week, and it's like, and, and you guys somewhat know what it's like this time of year. You finally settle into, like, having some downtime and, like, some normal weekends off. And then you got to, like, ramp it back up and go to a race. And it's different for them because they've got to go to Vegas, which is different than all the other teams that are just in California, and it's just like a fun Vegas weekend. So it's like all these guys are like, all right, we enjoyed these weekends off. Let's ramp it back up. Let's go to a race. Let's fly to Vegas. And then literally it lasted, what, two yeah. laps? No, I think about the all the – entire weekend. Yeah, I think about all the expense and work that went into that for those guys to come from North Carolina and everything else. Yep. Yeah. 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 Honestly, like those guys, like what is going on? Like it's – did they did they uh, did they walk underneath a ladder with a black cat or something? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But and Bogle he he just got bit in the same section, right? The yeah. same yep. rhythm. Yep. Yep. Um, so Jet Reynolds won the Super Mini class, but not without some drama. That was probably the best race, like JT said. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It went off the track in one, crashed in yep. the other, it crashed in the other, and um, and I literally most of the kids I've at least heard of, but. Ryder, who got third in the last one, Vestal, mm-hmm. I've never heard of him. And there he was battling for the really? win. And I'm like, because, I guess yeah. this really happens. I've never heard of him. I've never literally heard of him. I don't know where he's come from. Maybe he's only good at races I don't pay attention to. That's possible. But uh, was he I on, guess was dreams he, really do come true. Was he in fly racing? I don't believe so. Okay. okay. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I don't think so. Um, I'll probably be wrong, be wrong on that and punch myself in the nuts after this. But uh, uh, Kessler went twelve one. 
So, I don't know. That's been Le- yeah. LeBlanc went what uh, one two, or eighteen two eleven two eleven yeah. sorry two eleven. Uh, it was classic super mini warfare. Yeah. Just, um, Dude, all over the place. And that handmaker, who is a fly racing guy, by the way, he won the the amateur all stars. Now, uh, did you call him handmaker? Like that's his that's his skill, or that's what his you know his family right? comes his family comes from a, a family. Of you know, they make hams. Uh, yes. Hammaker. I don't know what. How else? Hammaker. Is, yeah. Hammaker. Hammaker. Okay. All right. He's uh, not like a blacksmith. So Seth. Yeah, it's like a the Hunter family, the Taylor family. They're just named after what they do. I like Hammaker. Right. It's good. Uh, <laughs> that kid came. That kid's kind of like a, an emerging guy, right? Like he's not one of these uh, prodigy dudes. So um, I, I like that. That's good. Well, he's won. He's won this race before. Yeah. This was kind of his breakout event. Right. Uh, but since then, he's been really good. He was great at many Olympics. He was great at. He won a Moto Loretta's. He's. Uh, I think that was his coming out party. But he's kind of been in the scene since then. Right. Coming on, I like it. Um, yeah, I was wondering um, the the probably the biggest name or biggest favorite I would say in that group is Garrett Marchbanks, and I don't know if he just had starts or was caught in those crazy first turn crashes or what. I was what, I was sitting next to a, I was sitting next to a guy that follows the amateur stuff, and he told me, oh, he's gonna come motocross, he's gonna kill it. He's way better in motocross. He's in killer shape. He's gonna turn pro at, at Hangtown this year, and the kid's gonna kill it. And I'm just like, okay, like I just you never see. Dudes, you know, be so much better in one discipline than the other. Uh, mostly, Frank Gillespie. Um, you know, Garrett Marchbanks could be one of those guys. Yeah, Ooh. we'll have to see. Ooh, that's. I don't know. I mean, that's unfortunately, that's not that's not where the money. Is. No, no, that's t- Tom Covingtonish. Could see. Yeah, and and I want to say like he's a level above what Covington was amateur wise, but yeah, Covington kind of shows you that if you shade toward one or the other. <laughs> You're yeah. better off being Justin Brayton, who's made a lot more money because he can race well indoors. Yeah, uh, and struggle a bit outdoors. I was surprised, although I don't know if he he could have just got caught in crashes. Yeah, yeah. Um, he got fifth in the second moto. So um, yeah, yeah. But at Loretta's, like um, he was by far the best guy, and he and Hammaker had some motos where they started together, and Marchbanks just got the better of him. I mean, Hammaker was good, but Marchbanks is like where Forkner is was. But not here. Wow, hard to if he's if he's that level. Why, Garrett? Yeah, to, to see him get fifth and sixteen five. I don't know what happened in the first one. I didn't even notice him. But, but that's um, what I mean. He could have yeah. gone down in the first turn. And what are you going to do? I don't know. Um, if, if you didn't have, can we talk about the super minis not working out and, and tracks? You know, held back a little bit for them. What else could you have? Yeah, I would assume there's a feeling that they need to. You need to have a long enough show to justify paying for a ticket, right? Right. Yeah. Um, well, dude, at U.S. Open, they had those legend races. It was awesome. Oh boy, I don't know if you want to do that. Can you have? Can huh. you have a some sort of two VDF class or something? Some sort of something. I, I don't think it. I would rather watch pro level two fifty racers than I would super mini. Actually. You might be right there because one of the original intents, again, was class against class. Any bike is legal. But we've now seen that means nothing. The 250 guys just don't race. So one guy, Jordan Smith, raced, and he did it on a 450. So not having a 250 class just to load up the cup class doesn't result in anything anyway, right? Yeah, they just they want to stay away from an 18th Supercross, you know what I mean? And I get that, but, yeah, maybe that's what It's still imitational, you know, whatever. Why don't they? Why don't they have a B main with all these other the Intingnaps and these other dudes that didn't make it? Throw those guys out yeah. there again. Anything to recreate New York LCQ? Yes, 
If you put five grand winner take all. Yep. I, I think the and main you, thing And you is let cool. these animals loose. You let yeah, these I, I five think, grand. Yeah. Yeah. I think your B main cool. idea is, is great. Um, and I, I don't have, I don't have, I have to be careful the way I state this. I don't have anything against the super mini model. I just think that the back half of the super mini class is ill-equipped for that race. And I hate, I hate seeing those kids get hurt over and over and over on a track that most of them probably don't have a supercross track to ride, or if they do, they, you know, they don't ride it much. I just, I watch these kids just stack it up all day long in in practice on the first lap all the way through the race. And I'm just like, man, they, they're not ready for this yet. These kids are young. They're on bikes that aren't built for supercross. You know, they're on 85 or 105s or whatever, but they're, you know, small wheel bikes that aren't ready for supercross yet. And I would rather watch pro level guys at that event than I would them. And that, that's not fair to the guys like Jet Reynolds, as I said at the beginning, but man, I just, I struggle to watch those kids getting hurt out there. I thought maybe if one of those super mini kids or the amateur all-stars, if they crashed, they would, instead of like bleeding, they would just come, cash would just come out. Just cash. <laughs> you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not happy about the money that sometimes doesn't go to your B rider main guys. Instead goes to the amateurs. I know, I know it's a pet peeve. Um, but anyways, but yeah, I was joking because half of the I mean, yep. three quarters of these guys is they're not making the kind of money that you know that I talk about with the elite amateurs. But um, look, so. I know that a two fifty class would definitely make people on, on paper just shrug their shoulders and say, "Well, I see that every weekend." But if you really look at the way the event is working, it would add to the show. Not having a two fifty class is not adding anything to the main class. Okay, it added Jordan Smith, one guy. But you also leave the Joey Savacis, Zach Osborne's of the world, they're just out. Like, they're just not going to compete. Uh, uh, Justin Hill, they're just not going to compete. So if you said this is a shootout, this is ten grand a win, something like that, like they used to back in the day, um, wouldn't you get, like, would seriously, Monster Energy Cup, no Monster Pro Circuit guys would race? No, no, no. Forget those guys. B main five grand. Let those animals on Privateer Island go for it. Just let them. Oh, I'm fine with that too. You just need two races. Like you need both. Oh, I thought we were. Fine. I thought we were keeping amateur all stars. Well, you're getting rid of two motos if you get rid of super mini. Oh yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. the the The, the program when you're there, JT, the program drags on. It does. I mean, it's it's kind of. It is. It's, you know, four hours versus, what, three and a half for Supercross. Um, and it, it felt a little bit longer, too. I don't know. I just I think the whole thing could be rethought. I think the venue, I think the format. I, I will say, though, that I do like um, the, three, the three main event format better. So if there is one takeaway that I'm a fan of this event about, it's that format versus, you know, a heat and then a main event, which is, I feel like, what we're going to see come January. Uh, I do like three main events better. We'll be seeing three main events at uh, three races, apparently, next year. Well, that's not for me to break or say, but I do like it better. Yeah. No, I'm interested to see. I, ho- I hope they do it. I- I've been pounding the drum of change for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and-, and you know what? If it doesn't work, you go back. If something doesn't work, you go, ah, we tried it, you know? So, um, I mean, we already kind of know, you know, it. it you do three main events, the overall counts for your points. Like, we've done Monster Cup, like, what? Yeah. This is uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So it's not like we don't know how it's going to go, you know? So Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, 
speaking of beating the drum, the net was set up. They had a net. Why get? It was phenomenal. Oh. It was amazing. Okay. I cannot believe this. Cannot believe this happened. Now, it wasn't exactly like I envisioned it when I when I go to sleep at night every single night. But um not bad. Nobody went into it. I really wanted I wanted A Ray. I was trying to tell A Ray to send it off of there and see if he's stuck up there like a spider. Um and just hung there all race. But um I mean, yeah, why not? Let's try. I mean, I, I, right, JT? I mean, let's try it. The berm that they put it in was in the back, and, you know, nobody really came close to really stuffing it back there from what I could see. But uh, you know what? It, they try it. They put a net up. Bring the bull berms yeah. back. Yeah, and, and I think uh, I think we're going to learn more in the coming days, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to see a progressive approach to just the overall thought process about Supercross. You know, it's been really stale for a long time. And uh, I think that the group in charge now, the, the decision makers are much more open-minded than we've possibly ever seen uh, for Supercross, which is a good thing. I think that it definitely needs, I don't know whether it's going to grow or not. You know, there's all these, you know, growth is the word that's thrown around all the time. Um, but I think it'll be better whether it grows or not, who knows, but better is, is a good start. I mean, just let's, let's, let's stop the four fifties from tiptoeing around the inside of a turn to all stick to the inside, right? Let's just stop that. That's that's what this that's what a net will do. Now, well, berms, yeah, we know that berms, berms and corners better. allow for more passing than turns without berms. Yep. You can block pass. Simple as that. Yeah. So. Yep. Set it I, I thought it would be a bit wider though, huh, JT? It'd be a bit wider and lower, but yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, it was the first shot at it. I think that that net theory will can be changed and modified. And I, I always thought it would be a huge, like baseball diamond nets. That's what I expected. But um, right. yeah, we'll see. I yeah, guess. it was only what six feet wide, maybe. Right. And yeah. I, I pictured it being ten feet around the apex. You know, around starting at the apex and going. Yeah, and I thought it would be just like a baseball baseball diamond, like behind the catchers. You know. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. thought that's what it'd be, but. Huh. Well, congrats to me for the Nets. Why well, get? I, I am proud of you. Like I, I'm, I'm not even being sarcastic this time. I was when I said a guy won a million dollars. It was amazing. But I honestly thought that the fact that you suggested it actually only hurt the chances <laughs> they would do Nets. Like they'd be weighing the pros and cons, and the one con of. But Steve Mathis was the first one that said it would make people at Feld say no. Do you think at all? It w- was it a coincidence, or do you think they, they actually somebody listened to me yelling about nets for so long? Well, you've actually talked to Prater about it, haven't you? Yeah, a couple years ago. And then I don't know if I don't I don't think you could say it's totally unrelated. Yeah. I don't know if it was listening to your shows and your rants, but if you literally went to one of the bosses at Supercross and well, told him, now the the one boss was like very concerned about the mounting and staying in the ground, and he didn't really seem to care. So the mounting. The mounting of the net and everything and, and all that. Okay. So, um, Very good start with the mounting. So, okay, so if the nets can happen, why can't Stank Dog with a chainsaw happen? I mean, really. It's a natural evolution. Yes. This is just, it's just a toe in the water, tip of the iceberg. Right, JT? Nets, it's all about chainsaws. Right? Uh, nope. I, I don't think I'm in on the, the Vegas chainsaw idea. I think okay. I'm out. All right. Will they, will, will, will they at some point? Just to jab, jab. Say, yeah, Carmichael thought these nets were great. Carmichael oh. thought these nets were just an awesome idea. 
<laughs> oh, I'm hope I hope they're listening now. Oh man. <laughs> you know what? Good for them. Touche. I don't really give a shit. If it helps with racing, I don't care. I really don't. Goat nets. Yeah, goat, goat nets. Goat nets. <laughs> goat nets. Uh. <laughs> Patented. Great. Um, You know what? I don't care. If it helps the racing, that's all that matters. Now, the only downside is these bikes are really fast. And so if you start putting those bull berms back in that JT raced on so many times on two strokes, like, what are you doing on the exit for the next obstacle? (laughs) Right? Like, I don't know. I just, that's the only downside is it increases the speed, which is scary with these 450s. But, uh, it still helps passing and everything. So yeah, but there's tracks that have they just don't have bull berms yeah. around the perimeter. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of bull berms in the center of the track. No, no, like the I obstacles know. are insane. No, no, no. I know that. Yeah. No, no. I know. Yep. I just you're just increasing it even more. You know, for 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 that sense. Um, so yeah, I think our hope would be we all know the 90 degree corner around the outside of the stadium is the worst turn in Supercross. Yep. Now because there's no when you watch the old races it was like if you go outside use the berm you can jump this if on the inside don't use the berm you can only jump that. But now that there is no berm, there is no option. You might as well just do the shortest distance. So that would be the hope, I would think, that those 90s could be helped a bit. Right. Um, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, presented by Alpine Star Protects. The MEC wrap-up. Uh, before we go, let's go, uh, let's go around the table here with some quick questions. Biggest surprise from the Monster Cup, JT. Uh, biggest surprise. Uh, I mean, I have to go with Marvin winning a million. I didn't think there was any way with Tomac being in the mix that he would win all three. Right. I don't, you know, okay. Yeah. All right. I know that's obvious, but I have to go with that. Weege? Yeah. I don't think anyone was thinking the million was really in play. You can't pick the I same. Like... You can't pick the same thing. Go ahead. Oh, that's fair. Okay. All right. Ham maker. Really? Dominating like that. He just won. You just said he won last year and he's coming on and all that. So. Okay, well, you just said he's not an established uh, prodigy, so I'm, no, which I, one is he? Uh, I, listen, I, 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 that's what I think. I don't have my finger on the pulse of amateur motocross. So. He won the first moto Super Mini last year. He didn't win the event. I mean, he was good. Uh-huh. But, um, I mean, to me, that's that's a big uh, career deal for him. I, so, I, 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 have I can't fa- take Marvin, I take him. I have a favorite amateur rider, by the way, now. I have a new one. You got bro down, I heard. Yes. Yes. It appears that Carson Mumford... Um, uh, likes Pulp or me or knows me and, and really took the chance to come over and bro me down. Good job. I, I'm, I, like, I not like Carson Mumford. He's good. Although he is also one of those guys that makes a lot of money. So I'm very torn. I'm very torn. Um, <laughs> he does have a seven-year deal. Yes, yes, absolutely. He does. <laughs> but, but he broke me down. He seemed like a really cool kid. Broke his collarbone, so couldn't race. Um, all right, my biggest surprise was the net. They put up the net. That was my biggest surprise. Couldn't believe it happened. It was amazing. Uh, all right, biggest disappointment from the Monster Cup. Weed, you can go first. Oh, just the complete depletedness uh, of action. I mean, to, to have gotten to the point where we're saying there is no one that can beat Marvin Muscan, that's not an insult to Muscan, but it's just, I don't think 18 months ago or 12 months ago, anyone was saying, yeah, that's just where we're at. Just, there isn't anyone on the planet that can touch Marvin <laughs> Muscan. I mean, Power it's just been a systematic... Right. The amount of guy, Tomac crashed out, Roxton can't race, Dungey retired, Villapoto retired, Reed doesn't have a ride, Stu's not back. Right. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't even put Stu in that category. I apologize. You, you did. You just you talked about Stu like he was an active racer. I, 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 I was confusing star power with the ability to challenge Marvin for race wins. Sorry. How much money should they have thrown at Stu to show up? Like, just... 
you know? I, I feel like Red Bull's kind of done that with straight rhythm, and he didn't race last year <laughs> right. in a roundabout way. Right. Uh, biggest disappointment, JT? Tomac going down the first lap because that ruined – I think I feel like it ruined the race. Right. God, he went down hard, too. He Holy did. smokes. Yeah. Um, all right, mine is uh, – I was going to go with Tomac, but uh, I'll go um, – I'll go Geyser. I'll go Geyser. I, I was I was stoked to see him there, and I was interested to see how he wanted to, how he was going to do. He really wants to go, come race in America, and his bike setup left him no chance. It really didn't. So I don't know. Maybe he's. I was told this weekend his dad is next level Tony Alessi. Yep. Next level Tony Alessi. Mm-hmm. Next level. He's actually graduated. Wow. Yeah. No. 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 They, the quote was this. This is this is Tony, but on another level. Yep. So maybe he, he should have really thought about this, um, uh, and and made his kid ride with supercar suspension. Just made him made him do it, right? It's hard to do, man. It's really hard to. If you're just trying it right before the race, like I don't, he's not gonna. Even if he rode with it, it may have kept him from crashing, but he wouldn't go very fast. It's yeah. really hard to get used to. Yeah. He, he hence this the stuff on, on the start on the corner on the, the right hander uh, out by the gate. He killed it on that on that turn. <laughs> mm-hmm. be able to sink in there. And, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. anybody that's tried both will tell you it's much easier to go faster on outdoor stuff. Yep. It's just going to bite you. <laughs> Very um, all right. Uh, Wait, we have a new contender for biggest disappointment. Oh. Just hot off the press is the Auto Trader Yoshimura Suzuki JGR race report. Just oh. came over. <laughs> okay. Just came over the wires. Yeah. Yes. Poor. That was um, a scary crash, was, man. Yeah. As far as looking at the positives, the team allowed – the event allowed the team to work with Justin and do a rehearsal before the start of 2018 Supercross. Small clicker changes and fork height changes resulted in the weekend. So they, see, there you go. They got a lot out of it. Had some clicker changes, change of fork height, nice dress rehearsal for Anaheim. All good. I mean, yeah, why not drop 10 to 15 grand to do that? You know what I mean? Why not? Um, JT Pike was there hanging out, signing autographs, not racing. And uh, I'd like to lodge a complaint with Fly Racing on his treatment of me. Uh, you're gonna have to take that up with him. He, that's his treatment of Pulp and Max is nowhere in our. You don't our, think that's uh, a, that's a sponsor PNC. media relation issue? No, you don't. Uh, well, I mean, you can take it up with him. I did. I didn't get anywhere. Well, how do you think it's gonna go for me? <laughs> I don't know. Good point. <laughs> um. All right. What else, JT? Interesting. Any pits or anything, or or did you did you find anything? Um, not really, man. It was just kind of a. That's kind of why I let off saying that I think it needs a change because it was. While I enjoyed the event, I love going to Vegas. I had a good time and all that. I, I really think it needs some sort of just a, a change, like a mix-up. You know, keep the event, keep everything about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe move it to November or December. Maybe move it to T-Mobile Arena. You know, there, I, I think there are a couple of different ways to do it. Um, I just think it needs a little, little spice to it. Something changed. Yeah, I think they should move it closer to Anaheim. Yep, that's that's one of the possibilities you know, like I got a, on my list. Yeah, like the uh, the GFI Paris Supercross race, everybody got all excited mm-hmm. for for years, and you know, what do you think? We give it. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna yeah, say, I give agree. It a, I really like that idea. Uh-huh. Much as I don't like to give you credit, I like the idea of moving it closer to Anaheim because it they can pretend that this is a race that 
use teams testing in a preview for next year, but we know that with two and a half months, it doesn't really work that way. Yep. And most dudes are showing up like not in the middle of training and just like, oh, I guess I better race. I think it'd be a lot harder for guys to stay away from a race two or three weeks before Anaheim. Now, I know the jerky teams yeah, how, are going to be scared right. of guys getting hurt. That's what I mean. Is that uh, what you, would you run into that? Oh, for sure. They would be super scared of it. They would just be playing that Geisher or Bogle crash over and over and over. But I think maybe with some of the changes we're talking about, if he didn't have super minis, maybe the track's a little different. Um, but I think, for the most part, it'd be a lot harder to stay away if it really was a testing ground for next year, as opposed to now where it's kind of faking that it is, but it really isn't. Okay. Yeah. Do we know and who? the crowd, and the, like the, as you wrote about, the main thing is the crowd appetite, the industry appetite. Right now, everybody's kind of over it. Come December, people are salivating for raising. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's always one of my things about the Amsoil Arena Cross Series. Like, stop putting it in Anaheim 1. Like, put it in November. When people are dying to see these guys in races and, and something, you know? So, I feel like we had MXDN hangover a little bit and, 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 and national hangover. I don't know. Yeah, we yeah, know we're not starved for racing. Oh. I, I give up. Okay. He gives up. JT gives up. <laughs> uh, do we know who almost got run over on the start? Oh. Which, which announcer? I, I don't know. I, I, we, did you see that? Uh, Anderson thought it was a TV guy, like a camera, a camera guy or something. That's I don't think he had a camera, did he? Yeah, I think he had a microphone in his hand. Yeah. Who, 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 was, who were the live announcers? Well, listen, I don't know who the main guy was, but on, and I'm sorry for saying this, but he was terrible. Yep, agreed. I, uh, it was Daniel Blair, Kristen Beat, and someone else. Yes, I don't Daniel know Blair was fine. Daniel Blair was yep. fine, um, even though he has another podcast. I can, I, I can say this freely. He was fine. He was great. Uh, Kristen Beat was fine. No problem. Um, this guy, this other guy, mm-hmm. he, he's from Claremont, though, because he mentioned that 800 times. He's from Claremont, and... He knows these guys, and a burnout is a spinout. That's that's one thing I took away from him. Well, he's doing a spinout. Um, wow. I don't know who this guy was. They always want to try something different, you know. And I get that. I applaud that. They do not want the regular Supercross guys there. But uh, this guy wasn't good. So maybe Kristen it was him. Beat did both live and television. She did. Damn. She did live during the day, and I think mm-hmm. they patched her in a few times during the night show. Or at least oh, okay. patched in some girl. Um, so, how was Kristen Beat on TV, Weech? Yeah, she was good. Um, she's actually pretty experienced. I mean, she did the arena cross shows this year. She's done some NASCAR stuff. And then, like her brother race. So, yeah. I mean, you can plug her in. She knows what she's doing. Right. Um, yeah, the, the live guy, I don't know who he was. Jay, you, we really don't know? I, think I don't it, know. It, I bet you it was him, though, JT. Because who else with a dude with a microphone would be that? Yeah, I, I, I'm almost positive it was uh, one of the live announcers, and I don't think it was Daniel. So, No, it was taller than Daniel. Yep. So, so that, I, I don't know, but I, I, if I had to guess, gun, gun to my head, I would say it was that, that announcer. Right. That was ugly. It could have been ugly. Oh, man, oh, it could have been so bad. Yeah. Um, all right. Fly. Oh, hey, wait. Oh, speaking oh. of that, speaking of that. Okay. How about Hamaker? <laughs> the second start, he just cut it. He just, yeah. Right, he did. All good. Congrats, he got the whole shot, and he goes on to win. We spun. He spun for sure, so he didn't really mistake, need to. For sure. But, yeah, yeah he definitely didn't mistake. back out of it. No. no. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't intentional. He was coming in, he got hot, he, and he, he yeah. 
But he did, he did a spin out. Did a spin out. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing happened. I, that was odd, right? Because especially with all these jerky amateur people yelling and screaming, you figured something would have happened, you know? But mm-hmm. they just went, yeah, 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 all good. So, whatever. Yeah. I, you know what? Honestly, I, I don't care. Whatever. I don't care what they do with the Monster Cup. I, I don't even care. Stank dog with a wow. chainsaw. It was. It was not a good. It was not an exciting race. It was not good. Uh, uh, congrats to Marv, but I don't know. Um, split start, not even a factor, really. Huh, JT? Either side, really? Mm, not really. No, it seemed like it was. It seemed like it was pretty fair. I did notice that the right side seemed to get more of the starts, uh, but then, like you know, Handmaker got the whole shot from the left side. Um, you know, so it was seemed pretty fair. Yeah. I would have chosen to definitely uh, be on the left side just so I could use my rear brake into the start. But yeah. um, it seemed like more often than not, guys were going to the right side. So what do I know? Mm-hmm. Um, about halfway through the main event, Tim Ferry tweeted that he was looking for freestyle ramps. If anybody has anyone, so I'm just putting that out there right now on this podcast. If you have a freestyle ramp, Tim Ferry's looking for one. <laughs> God knows what for, but he either himself or his son. Somebody wants to hit a freestyle round, so keep that in mind, everybody. Um, all right. Anything else? Weege? I'm good. JT? Uh, I'm good. Let's move this thing to Team mobile Arena. Carry on. Wow. Is that a normal size? Is that just like a regular arena size, or is it like a different? No, it's, mm, I don't know. I think it's smaller than a – I mean, it's definitely not a football size dome. No, I mean, it's, it's – No, no, but that's what I mean. I mean, it's – No, it's an arena. Yeah, it's a, I, It's an arena. Yeah. Yeah. I've just gone okay. there three times in five days watching hockey. I mean, I would rather, to be honest with you, perfect world, I'd move it back to MGM. But I don't think that's going to happen. That, that was my favorite event, I think, that's maybe ever for Supercross. I just, I loved it. You stay at the MGM, the track's downstairs, you, you never have to leave. Like, I just thought yeah. it was such a cool event. Yeah, but all those things, all, all your thing that you're talking about is for you, your, you yourself. You know what I mean? Like, well, how does that differ from the fans? Because they're there to watch racing. You know? Right, that's and, me too. And, what, what are you, I mean, well, you were racing all those times. No, I, I haven't in the, raced in, in the event. I haven't raced there in eight years. You were actually like, in the event, right? But I think it's cool. Like I think you, as a fan, as a destination event, you get to the race, you stay at the MGM. The race is downstairs. You have all these conveniences. Like I, I just, you have all the race fans in one hotel. I just think it's awesome. I mean, I don't care about. It. I'm very, very far removed from racing. I just, I just thought it was a cool event. Instead of driving 25 minutes, dealing with traffic, people getting stuck, take people taking buses to and fro from the event, I just think it's cooler. B main five grand for the winner. Go drop the gate. That's again anything you can do to recreate New York LCQ. Whatever you can do, I'm 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 on board with that. Well, Alex Ray was in the main event, so that was one thing. Yeah. Well, (laughs) almost any LCQ, I should say. You know. So. all right, uh, racer, uh, Fly Racing, Racer X, uh, uh, MEC Review Podcast, presented by Alpine Star Protects. That's Jason Wygant. That's Jason Thomas. I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll reconvene at a later date to uh, talk some more about the sport. So thanks, boys. See you guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse I mean, you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did go circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money one is you can sign for money or two you can earn the money i'm a high believer in earning the money i think they ride better when they earn the money seven time jeremy mcgrath I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go by.